This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening. You're with Lee Trilin and Sharad Kutten. Tonight, we're talking about senior citizens rejoining the workforce. There are many reasons for this, including inadequate pensions, rising cost of living and more. We run through all of this with an expert. Let us know, how do you feel about this trend of senior citizens unretiring? And whatever your age, are you actually set up to retire? That number to call is 7733-2900. Tweet us at BFM Radio and send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U-Mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.07. Now, this story has its roots in the day one rat yet, but it actually goes back further because actually we have been talking for, for some time now, off and on, about this notion of senior citizens having to continue working um, or finding themselves in need to rejoin the workforce after retirement because frankly, they just need it to. Funds have run out. So it, it's a longer running thing, but it's back in the news because the Deputy Minister of Human Resources, Mustafa Sakmud, uh, told the Dewan Rakyat yesterday that older people still want to participate in the workforce primarily because of financial commitments. Now, this was based on a study, like I said, it's a long running thing from a couple of years ago, actually, four years from a 2019 study by Talent Corp involving 584 companies. Now, of that, um, 56.7% of the companies said they were hiring older workers and and in line with that, the ministry worked with Talent Corp in 2021 to conduct rehiring workshops for senior citizens. Yeah, so from a public policy point of view, right, and from government, uh, what kind of policies can they set in place? But considering a lot of people work in the private sector, how much of government intervention do you want uh, in the decisions that are being made at an enterprise level? And can a one-size-fits-all government, you know, best intentions uh, aside... Could that be the wrong approach to this question? So I, I think that there are a few elements here to to talk about. One is the policy thing, which is, of course, very important because if the government is going to say, let's have workshops, um, it's we're heading towards let's offer tax incentives. Let's try to, to make this happen. And that's fine. But then are we also talking about the underlying reasons why people find themselves having to work into their old age or why they might find themselves thinking they can retire and now saying, oh, OK, well, that wasn't the case. And I think that there are a lot of things going on. There's, there's a financial element to it, certainly. But there's also a changing social dynamic that's happening where where what's often dubbed the sandwich generation is finding themselves unable to support their parents. Um, and, okay, you can argue unable. I think some people might say unwilling. But the point is that their children are no longer the safe retirement bet that they were once seen as. Yeah. And, um, okay, I want to take one argument uh, offline later. The unretirement, I mean, as a word, I I just can't, I can't get my head around this because not retiring seems to be a simple way in the English language is express what way, what unretirement, like uh, unliving. I just, okay, I just want to put it out there. I okay? think unretiring because you are undoing your retirement. It's the notion of returning, ah, uh, not okay. never retiring. Okay. Mm. Well, you know, so I, you're absolutely right. You kind of listed all the, the various dimensions of the this problem. Unfortunately, or fortunately, it, at the end of the day, it's an individual experience, right? You, we, we need to talk to our, our, you know, our, our parents, ourselves. I mean, in my situation, I'm on the cusp of retirement age, even for the private sector, right? Never mind the the public sector. So, uh, and then the question is whether in my industry I have been protected enough so that I can joyfully retire, or you know, in fact, retirement will be a terrifying prospect, as I think it will be. <laughs> so we are talking today about. 
people, um, senior citizens rejoining the workforce, people who have retired finding that, oh, actually, I couldn't, I can't retire, I need to continue working. Um, we're asking you, how do you feel about this trend? Is it something you've noticed? And whatever your age may be, however close to retirement age you are, are you actually set up to retire? Is it something you're planning for? Do you think you've got enough? Uh, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Saidatul Akmal Mohammed, Associate Professor of Economics at University Science Malaysia. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Brave Free Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 6.12 and today we're talking about, and now I'm just going to use the word to irk Sherrod, unretirement um, or the trend of senior citizens rejoining the workforce because they have to, because of financial commitments. Uh, we're asking you, is this something you've noticed? How do you feel about it? And whatever your age, are you actually set up to retire? Will you have enough? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note at 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us to talk about this is Dr. Saidatul Akmal Mohammed, Associate Professor of Economics at University Science Malaysia. Dr. Saidatul, thank you so much for speaking with us. So um, has this phenomenon of unretirement become more common in recent times? I would say uh, the phenomenon of unretirement has become more common in uh, recent times. When you talk about unretirement, there are two views to this. Number one is you are talking, looking at the perspective of the retirees, whereby people nearing the retirement age or people who are already retired continue to work. Second is looking from the firm's perspective, where companies decide to hire employees who are already retired or who decide to continue the contract of workers who are almost uh, retired. So why do you see this uh, phenomena now uh, commonly existing in not only in Malaysia but also in many countries? mostly attributable to the longer life expectancy. With better lifestyle, good health, better living condition, people live longer, therefore, you know, you want to basically maximize whatever um, lifetime that you have. And in fact, if you look at the data recently released by Dossum, if you look at the statistics of the um, labor force in Malaysia, those aged 50 and above, the number of uh, these people working or penetrating into the labour force has actually increased over time. And if you also see at some uh, developed countries like um, Japan, South Korea, as well as the United States, you can see that at least 20% of the labour force is actually made up of these uh, people who are already um, 60 years old and above. So you can see that this phenomena is common. Uh, mostly due to the longer life expectancy. Also, you can also say that also people have now have different perceptions about their attitudes because now if you talk about professionals, yeah, professionals, they feel that with longer life expectancy, what better way to actually contribute back to the economy than continuing working and at least they can actually share their working experience with the younger adults and contribute to the uh, development of the country. Do you think the perception of retirement versus continuing work at an older age has changed? I mean, is this a good thing? Yes. When you talk about um, perception of retirement, the perception of retirement versus continuing to work at older age has definitely gone um, significant changes over the years. If you talk about in the past, yeah, retirement has always been seen as one milestone. I will reach, I will achieve or I will reach the age of 60 and I will retire. But now, because of lifestyle has changed, we see that people are gradually or facing slowly into retirement, not that by the age of 60 you want to retire. Now people are basically venturing into partial retirement. So slowly facing out and try to make sure that they are able to slowly um, adapting to the new uh, lifestyle. Also, we see as well when you talk about uh, this changing uh, phase of retirement is also due to uh, well-being because now with longer life expectancy, there are people who feel that they need to make sure that they maximize their lifestyle. So they want to make sure that they are able to smooth their consumption, making sure that whatever that they have pre-retirement can fit the post-retirement lifestyle. So they continue making sure that they phase out gradually from uh, the labor force. 
and by retaining certain talent, we are able to reduce the gap of um, uh, high skill workers or middle skill workers, and maybe reduce the country's reliance on migrant workers. So this is an important thing that we can look and how we can see that the trend about retirement has actually changed over time. Now, if we look at why people are or why older people find themselves having to return to the workforce, the main reason stated were financial commitments. What are some factors behind this? Um, When you talk about financial commitments, yes. One of the main reasons for this is basically attributable to the inadequate retirement savings um, that we are now facing. I think you and me and many of us have heard in the newspaper, in the mass media, about the inadequate retirement savings, especially those in the uh, EPF. So in 2021, it was reported that savings of contributors, active members in EPF by the age of 54, their average savings is 246000 So if you were to take this number and assume that people are going to live at least 20 years, you will have 12,300 ringgit per year. So if you divide this monthly, this would only lead to 1,000 ringgit per month. And this is barely enough to uh, continue to survive, you know, not only for uh, elderly, but not for any uh, normal person because of the high cost of living. So this is definitely uh, one of the reasons why people continue to work because we, we don't have enough income to finance our retirement expenses. On top of that, we know that one of the uh, rising costs of living for the uh, older adults is because of healthcare. We know in Malaysia, we talk, you know, we say that healthcare is accessible to everyone, it's universal, it's cheap. But still, when you talk about out-of-pocket expenses, especially for the older adults, this is very expensive. And this high cost of healthcare is actually putting on a lot of burden on retirement finances. And these have actually forced people to continue working or to find other means of finding uh, additional income or other opportunities to actually increase their income post-retirement. And again, it leads to a longer life expectancy when you live longer. You know, some people uh, have more uh, demand in terms of their consumption. And also, if you look at the trend, yeah, uh, a lot of people actually enter the labour market quite at quite a late age. So when they enter the labour market at quite a late age, their expenses with regard to perhaps the long-term financing in terms of housing. That would be something that is uh, taken all the way, not only until the age of 60, but continue after retirement. So one of the financial commitments faced by older adults uh, at retirement age is to continue paying for their uh, property, which is still very large, a big amount of money that they need to uh, cater for, even though they have retired. Does Malaysia have a problem with old age poverty? As what uh, I've mentioned just now, when we talk about inadequate retirement savings, so we see in EPF, older adults do not have enough money for their retirement expenses. So that one put them with that 1,000 ringgit per month, definitely put the older adults at um, poverty level. And then number two, we also see that currently our um, labour force participation rate, you know, our labour force market, a lot of them are in the informal sectors. Around 30 to 40% of our labour force is actually informal sectors. And now you can see a lot of our youngsters are working in the gig economy, being, uh, you know, uh, in healing, uh, grab food, uh, food panda and all that. Yes, you can see that SOXO has started to mandate, uh, contribute to make up, what you say, the compulsory contribution to SOXO. But certain people are still not contributing because they are in informal sectors. So therefore, this actually... Uh, affect their life uh, after retirement. So they don't have enough savings and some don't have savings at all because they never contribute either to uh, SOXO or to uh, the EPF. On top of that, even though if you are uh, workers in the formal sectors, we know already data has uh, proven that our wages are actually relatively low. So when you ask question, why is uh, EPF savings uh, low? You know, what have these people been doing over the years? Are they not contributing enough? So one of the reasons why is because we have low wages. So when you have low wages, whatever percentages that you have to contribute to EPF, then, you know, uh, the savings that you have is relatively low. And then what more with the allowable withdrawals that are allowed throughout your uh, working years? That further, you know, uh, reduces the amount of savings that you have in that uh, particular 
um, savings for, re- for retirement. On top of that, also we see that uh, Malaysia also lacks uh, very much on our social protection system, giving the minimum support to not only to the older adults, but also to everyone, making sure that they are lived out of poverty. And how much of it also comes down to inadequate financial planning and what can be done at an older age to rectify this? Okay, when you talk about financial planning, I would say that financial planning should start not at the old age, it should start now. So the working population should start thinking about what they want to do, you know, how they want to live their life when they retire. Because if you want to start planning at old age, then this is where all the problems come in. So when you are already there, when you are already, when you are already 60 years old and you have all these uh, financial situations that you have to face, one important thing that you need to do is for you to understand your personal financial situation. You need to actually know how much you have and how much needs to be spent. You, know, you need to really do a bit of budgeting and do a bit of uh, expenses recording You know, to actually follow up what are your expenses, what are your income and all that. It's easily said than done because you know it's not easy for us to monitor our expenses You know, every month or every day, but this needs to be done. And I think if you go to uh, EPF, they also have a uh, financial uh, planning uh, division where they can advise the older adults. So this is what your savings are at the uh, EPF and this is what you can do to basically uh, use to finance your expenses because I know EPF has a planning to, okay, if you have this much money, this is how much you can withdraw every month. Let's leave some of this money inside the uh, EPF and then, you know, this money can continue to accumulate. And it's also about time that the government may also uh, think should the lump sum payment uh, to EPF be allowed, for example. So there are a lot of things that need to be looked at when you talk about financial planning. And again, let me emphasize, it should start very young, not only when you reach retirement age. Doctor, with the rising cost of living, more and more adult children may not have the financial means to support their ageing parents. So how can families better navigate some of these economic realities? This is actually a difficult question <laughs> because, you know, um, there's no easy way for family to talk about uh, financial matters, especially with regard to the older adults. I know myself, I've done quite a, you know, a number of surveys about this, talking to the younger uh, population on how you plan to help your older adults in the future and all that. Because in the past, family uh, support has always been the uh, major contribution to the social protection for the older adults. But now, even the youngest uh, population, they are saying that they are burdened, overburdened with the high cost of living. So again, it goes back to financial planning and financial budgeting about what you have, prioritize what you have, what you need, be categorized, you know, have an open conversation with the family members and then decide what are the things that need to be included for the uh, financing and all that. So it's never an easy, there is no easy way out because, you know, uh, everyone has their own uh, problems and their own burden that we need to think about. Perhaps one of the uh, ways to mitigate is to have a strong social protection floor, making sure that, you know, the older adults who are poor can receive the assistance that they require or that they need from the government without actually imposing a greater burden to the uh, family members. So according to a 2019 Talent Corp study, 57% of employers polled at the time said they were hiring older workers. What support can be given to those who either choose or are forced to stay on in the workforce? One, I would say um, training and um, retooling, upskilling opportunities, providing um, the training programs for the older adults, give them some professional uh, development programs, uh, induce digitalization concept, technology uh, training, industry uh, specific skills that are related to uh, certain job uh, specifications. So basically continue this professional development program for the older adults. That is very important because economy keeps on changing. So now we can see that the, the labor market is no longer like what we have seen 20 years ago. So everything is moving very fast. So the older adults need to be, um, you know, moving together with the pace of development, especially in terms of technology. That's number one. Number two, I would go with flexible uh, working arrangements. 
And now uh, we see that after COVID, we have a lot of flexible working uh, arrangement. We see people are now remote working, so you don't need to be at the office all the time. So this is where the older adults uh, can come in. You know, they can work from home, so they have the technology, remote working, uh, work sharing, uh, part-time jobs, because it's not that, uh, you know, some uh, older adults prefer to work part-time, for example. So, you know, you allow this flexibility to them. And then you can also say about mentoring, yeah? mentoring and coaching. So you, it's not only about older adults mentoring the younger uh, working population, it's also about the younger employees mentoring the older adults. And I've seen this, you know, in fact, myself, I learned a lot from my younger colleagues, especially in terms of technology, how things work, how things change, how can you facilitate one technology to further enhance your productivity. So these are the things that we can do to make sure that the older adults feel accepted in the new changing environment of the labour market. Now, recently, uh, Party Socialist Malaysia proposed that the government give a monthly allowance of about 500 ringgit to all retirees above the age of 65, whether they were from the public or private sector. Putting aside the question of how this would be financed, Doctor, would, you, uh, would such a senior citizen's pension scheme be beneficial? Universal uh, pension or universal allowance or universal income is definitely a good thing. You know, if you put aside finance issues, financing issues, it's definitely a good thing because one thing is when you give this universal income, it would provide uh, or it would act as a social protection flaw, ensuring that uh, older adults would be able to uh, have a minimum income to be out of poverty. So it's definitely a good thing. But again, when you want to provide universal income to the older adults, it should also be targeted to um, those who are really um, um, needing this particular um, assistance. So not everyone should get it. So if your um, retirement income is uh, up a certain level, then you may not need this uh, universal income of, of 500 ringgit. Definitely, this is good for uh, poverty uh, alleviation. Of course, as well, when you talk about uh, providing universal income, it should go across sectors. Everyone should get an equal treatment. You know, you're talking about equitable, horizontal um, integration and vertical integration. This all needs to be uh, achieved. You know, disparities ac- across the different sectors, informal, formal, urban, rural, all these people need to be uh, included in such uh, payment with regard to uh, universal pension. And definitely, when you give income, minimum income to people, you are able to lift their quality of life and this is definitely good to the nation in terms of enhancing uh, the people's well-being as well as the people's quality of life. Dr. Saidatul, thank you for speaking with us. That was Dr. Saidatul Akmal Mohammed, Associate Professor of Economics at University Science Malaysia, talking about retirees having to return to the workforce. We're asking you if this is something you've noticed and whatever your age, are you set up to retire? You can call us, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp us and tweet us. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Bring forth money, BFM 89.9. It is 6.38 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. So today we are talking about a... uh, Okay, it's a simple topic, but there's a lot of stuff packed under it to talk about because senior citizens are rejoining the workforce because of their financial commitment. So in other words, it's people who retired or are of retirement age then having to come back to work because fundamentally they don't have enough money. And so we are asking you, have you noticed this trend? Um, How do you feel about it? If you want to weigh in about whether you would hire a senior citizen, we'd love to hear that. But also, whatever your age, are you actually set up for retirement at the moment? You can let us know by calling 7733-2900. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018 Tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start off with a voice note from Johnny. Hello, BFM. I lost my job during the MCO 2020 while I was 60 years old. Now I'm 62. I'm a qualified computer engineer. I think I'm competent, but unfortunately of my age, I'm not able to get any job, even though I applied for a few jobs. Hopefully, government will encourage companies to uh, employ experienced workers like me. Thank you. 
Johnny, thank you for sharing. Um, I mean, I'm sorry that you've been finding it difficult to to get back into the workforce. I think it, it's, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I can imagine that for when you're at a certain age and when you're at a certain level of seniority, it's tricky. You're either overqualified or your ask may be too high for some companies to be able to, to bear. Yeah, so Johnny, you know, in your experience, was it your ask? Was it that you weren't able to go to a salary that the companies, you know, were willing to pay you? Or was it just that they felt that you were, you know, prejudiced or whatever, that they thought that you were out of touch or that the field had moved forward? Yeah, um, let us know. I mean, if, if you'd like. And I think to that point also about hopefully the government will encourage companies to employ experienced employees. I think in the past there were some discussions of uh, tax incentives and things like that. I don't know if that's necessarily enough. Um, and also, I think it's perhaps interesting to explore what kind of capacity companies are rehiring in, right? Whether they're hiring older workers as uh, contract staff or whether they're hiring older workers at entry level or mid or, you know, where exactly do unretired people fall in to a company setting? And Lynn, do you think this conversation is largely also kind of, uh, at least from our, when we think about it, about white collar jobs? What about all those people working in what, you know, what was called blue collar jobs, yeah. mean, uh, required strength, bodily strength, and so on and so forth, right? What about them? And what are the rehiring opportunities available for somebody from that sector of the economy? Yeah, uh, let us know. Again, we're talking about this this unfortunate trend, really, of senior citizens unretiring, of having to return to the workforce because of financial commitments. We'd like to know, I mean, is this something that you've noticed? Uh, and also, whatever your age, are you actually set up to retire? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note at 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. So, um, back to the messages. TIDJ has a slightly different perspective, saying, what a coincidence. My co-worker and I were talking about the workforce and how we feel people of a certain age group and above are out of touch and make illogical decisions. If retired individuals were to come out of retirement, not only would it impact job accessibility and availability for new entrants and for the existing workforce to progress, they may also bring with them toxic, illogical and outdated decision-making processes. Oh, TIDJ. You know, come on. I mean, that's slightly ages, maybe too to a broad uh, um, a brush to paint of that demographic, right? There might be individuals like that. But when you, when you think about uh, it from a kind of public policy point of view, what should the assumptions that a government should, uh, what assumptions should they make? Is it that, in fact, uh, at an enterprise level, um, that the company will be able to filter out those people who are toxic, illogical, or whatever, right? That they will make the right decision about the person they need in their company. So we don't need to kind of think of this whole demographic as unemployable. So, okay, I think TIDJ, um, you struck a nerve, firstly, clearly. Ouch, I was been, I've been triggered. I, um, was, I was triggered. No, but I, I want to say that you're not alone in making this observation. Um, in the past, whenever we've, we've talked about this, this is precisely something has, that has come up, um, that f sense that people who are older may be out of touch, uh, that they may bring with them certain baggage um, from previous workplaces or past work cultures that we don't necessarily practice in this day and age. But the other thing that I wanted to pick up on is, again, something that's come up, the notion that if you have retired individuals either returning um, or people refusing to retire or unable to retire and therefore not retiring, it is true that there is a point to be made about what that means for younger people entering the workforce. I think that's valid. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, but the question is how, um, how granular we want to get about this, right? So what industries are 
people coming into that are in fact blocking. So if you if you didn't take a one uh, you know uh, one solution fits all kind of approach to this, what do we want government to do first of all? What what suggestions might government give to the private sector to make sense of the problems that are going on? What kind of things that we do we want to avoid? Say for instance that you know there used to there was a policy I believe in Singapore where they government did incentivize uh, uh, the the you know the employment of by subsidizing the wages so they they really did want to, all the people to come back because they felt they they ha- they hadn't they still had something to offer right and that's why they wanted to encourage it uh, meanwhile, we have Sing Sun who says retirement is an anachronism in this present age and time. We should recast it as retirement. Now, um, people listening to me can't tell the difference, but uh, what Sing Sun has done is replaced the I in retirement like with re-threading a your tires. Tires, yes, with a Y. Um, and then anyway, uh, they go on to say, we should recast it as retirement where those who upon reaching so-called retirement age can, barring any health problems or other physical restraints, be re-employed or be placed in jobs that they can do or would love to do during their senior years. Yeah, too. I, I think the... So I get, again, you know, I think we... Because we're talking in sort of generalities, we can't get to solutions that are appropriate for each of those sectors in the economy that we're talking about, right? So, um, but you do mention something that I think is very important, health and energy levels. So, yes, people might want to, as an older person wanting to ret- uh, go back into, do I have the energy to keep up with work? And, and Lynn, I don't know if you agree, is retirement a right? Should we see retirement as a right? And should the government support that? Well, yeah. I mean, clearly. I, I think that that's you a mean, clear reti- thing. Yeah, because re- to retire in comfort. Because a lot of people, are, I don't think in Malaysia we do see that. No. So um, another thing that often comes up is people saying that they like work, that they don't actually want to stop work, that they're not a fan of the enforced retirement, that instead they want to continue working and therefore that's what they would like to be supported to do. Um, And I think the issue with that is that's great. It is, however, a little bit of a privilege in that... um in that for many people, it's actually not a choice to continue working. And that's where the problem is. I absolutely agree. Everybody should have the right to retire comfortably, um, ideally lavishly. But I think the truth I is mean, that, but you know, that's not the case. Yeah, should taxpayers support that? So, like, Well, yes, because taxpayers will retire. Well, yes, but so as you have an increasingly aging society and the tax base uh, shrinks, uh, there might be a resentment. Younger people are now not only, uh, you know, I mean, one thing is to have older people compete for your jobs. The other thing is now there are fewer young people supporting what is increasingly large number of older people. And taxation is one way of transferring the wealth from younger people to older people. Yes. So, I mean, I... That's a separate question, right? Whether or not you think retirement is a right. You can weigh in on that. You can also let us know, um, are you set up to retire? We're asking because there is a trend of senior citizens having to return to the workforce because they just can't afford to retire. Uh, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Breathe freely, Malaysia. <sighs> BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, it is 6.52 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. And today we are talking about senior citizens re- rejoining the workforce as a result of having financial commitments and we'd like to hear from you how are you feeling about this trend is it something you've observed and whatever your age are you set up to retire you can call double seven double three two nine hundred send us a voice note or whatsapp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at bfm radio first up uh we do have a caller on the line with us we've got Catherine. Catherine, good evening what are your thoughts Good evening. Thank you for having me. I just wanted to share that I've had a senior citizen return to work. She was about 68 years old, and she performed so well. She gave her best. She was experienced. 
She had the stamina, the energy. We learned from her. We picked from her. And all I had to do was work with my board to make sure that the policies provided the facilitation she needed, like insurance and maybe reducing the hours of work. So in some cases, I believe if the government is willing, it could make policies work so that community benefits from senior citizens returning to work. Catherine, did you were you surprised by uh, the energy that this person brought to their work? Absolutely, absolutely. I was extremely impressed, and I used that to get all of us to improve our our hours of work. To be grateful, she created such a great aura at the workplace. Uh, and I, I think that um, before she came in, I, I, I guess I'm continuing Sharad's question to a point. Earlier, we heard people worrying about things like um, older people bringing sort of more outdated ideas to the workplace. Was that a concern? Um, was that anything that you know people said they were worried about? It was a concern. I could see that she was making effort to be present, to be current. She was making the effort, and so we had that conversation. We had the moments of truth conversations with them. So I think we had, that's what it took. It took us sitting and talking honestly about our fears. From her point of view, I mean, what were the adjustments that she had to make uh, in order to fit in? She made effort. She dressed differently. She came to work much earlier. She gave her best. She spoke a little different. She participated in staff parties to be current. She met people. She made efforts. She made extra effort to be current and relevant. I, I think that was her personal thing, but we had that conversation during the recruitment. Catherine, thank you so much for calling and for sharing. What a great story. I, I think that um, that also... Firstly, it's a great story. Secondly, it's indicative of the the kind of conversations and adjustments that people might need to seriously consider um, if they want to participate fully in the workforce. Because it's one thing to say you're returning to a job, um, but if you're returning to a company and you really want to be able to be a part of it in the way that people do go for lunches, you know, uh, be a part of the work culture, that might be what it takes. Yeah, and I like to make a plug for older people uh, against the kind of ageist (laughs) assumptions about older people because actually we all have assumptions about other generations. And so, you know, uh, there is a tendency to dump on young people too and say, well, they bring their weirdness and wokeness and, uh, you know, uh, weekly based uh, life, you know, work-life balance issues. Are you done? uh, No. Do you want to keep going? (laughs) Keep going. But no, I think this plug for older people, which without recognizing that there will be problems that come with growing older and and health is an issue energy is an issue um so there'll be these exceptional individuals but there'll also be a lot of people and the question is whether we'll be able to adjust so companies will be willing to adjust because they see the benefits of having something like that Sharad, at the risk of you calling me ageist and i can feel it looming on the horizon i feel like you're just you're just waiting for the opportunity (laughs) but um at the risk of you accusing me. No, but I I haven't had the experience that you've had in general, but also I haven't had the experience of truly um, being in a field and aging upwards and and going from being really the youngest person uh, to join a company to being among the, may I say, oldest people um, in a company. So I'm curious for you, as somebody who has had that trajectory, has that been odd? I mean, what do you actively see the work culture changing around you? Do you sometimes think, actually, I don't understand what you people are talking about? The answer to that latter part, by the way, is yes. He does that all the time. But no, go on. (laughs) No, but um, I think it's also something extraordinary about or different about or unique about media, right? Because there is value placed on the kind of knowledge uh, that you store as an individual and that you might share uh, with an institution uh, that is valuable to that institution. So uh, uh, it's, it's you know, uh, intellectual work, it's mind work, and, and I think every field like that, and that's why the older doctor, the older nurse, all bring that wealth of experience is valuable. So you put it out there. But not all jobs are like that. And there are jobs and sectors that are just new. So then the question is, 
how do you make sense of the larger problem of people needing to enter the job, uh, the work uh, labor force again because of financial constraints and then finding no place for themselves? Right. So I'm I think I've been very lucky and I've enjoyed that journey. Honestly, Lynn, I love working with younger people. <laughs> it doesn't sound very much like fingers it. fingers crossed on this. I do. I do. So but, you know, it is a challenge because, you know, we you know, every generation is a challenge for the generation before and after it. So that's that's just a basic fact of life. And then now we're talking um, if we're discussing about retirement and unretirement, we're actually talking about more than one generation up and down. You could be talking talking about something like two um, or three between the oldest and the youngest. And so it's a whole different thing. Um, Let us know. We're talking today about this unfortunate trend of senior citizens having to return to the workforce. I'm not saying it's a bad thing for senior citizens to still be working. We're talking about people who retired and now have to rejoin because of financial commitments that they just can't meet otherwise. So let us know how you're feeling about this. Is it something you've observed? And... If you want to share, are you yourself set up for retirement? Uh, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at PFM Radio. We'll come back in a little bit for more of your messages and calls. So do keep it here on Inside Story BFM eighty nine point nine. Burden free Malaysia BFM eighty nine point nine. The Business Station. It is 7.07. You're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. And uh, a brief recap. So we're talking today about something that is actually perennially an issue, the point of senior citizens being unable to retire and therefore having to go back to work. This came up specifically because the Deputy Minister of Human Resources, Mustafa Sakmud, said in Parliament yesterday that older people still want to participate in the workforce because of financial commitments, which is... Is sad. I mean, on on a very fundamental level, there's something wrong with the way our the way we're functioning. If people, after a lifetime of work, can't retire, so we're trying to talk a bit about that um, and asking you, how do you feel about this trend of senior citizens unretiring or having to unretire? Whatever your age, are you actually set up for retirement? Uh, you can call again double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, and tweet us at BFM Radio. So, uh, if we head to the messages, lots, uh, including some talking about that preparation for retirement. Anonymous says. Money is too hard to mention. I'll be turning 70 later this year, but I've been working part-time since 2015. No matter how much money you have from the EPF, it doesn't last forever. Luckily, this part-time job isn't 9 to 5 and you decide your work schedule, plus it's not physical. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, even just this week, because I take uh, taxis everywhere and I talk to taxi drivers, I've just learned a lot. I've met older taxi drivers who explain their own life trajectory to me. I managed that in a 10-minute drive. And uh, it is it is quite scary because sometimes it's, it's even more difficult and tricky because it's got to do with conversations within the family, right? Older people having to rely on their children and then feeling guilty about it, feeling that they are, you know, are all being accused by, you know, in-laws and stuff of leeching off their children. It is a minefield, right? How do families have that conversation? I So I think that is something that we haven't talked about a lot in the course of our show today, the, the kid dynamic in this, uh, the kid who's no longer a kid, but in fact, a working adult, because that's a real thing. And whenever we talk about this, um, I think it can be very hard to have a conversation that doesn't accidentally lapse into this sort of guilt or accusatory tones, because um, that point about, well, didn't you plan? you know, um, can come up. and But as we hear from Anonymous, no matter how much money you have, it doesn't last forever. And I think you can plan, but things can still happen, which we see with another message that came in. I'm trying to find it. Um, another message that came in from Chia. Chia says, Hi, I'm 61. I thought I was set up for retirement, but COVID prematurely stopped my income, reduced my investments. Furthermore, now inflation has skyrocketed. I'm unable to get a job. I have to do delivery gigs now. Um, cost of living affected. What can we do? Yeah, so it's the whole 
uh, gig economy as providing an outlet for older people is, uh, I think, quite interesting, right? Maybe the, um, the, the, the tech know-how or the entry level is so low that, in fact, just about everybody, except for me, of course, because I could never drive a taxi, <laughs> Maybe I should learn. But the point is, yeah, you know, people struggle and negotiate, right? And we we had somebody write in earlier who said that they they want a job and they can't get it. Yes. So this general trend of more people entering the workforce doesn't apply to this individual. I'd like to ask, actually, in relation to that, um, if if anybody would like to weigh in, when a CV comes across your desk and that person is very much older, um, retirement age... How do you feel? I guess, you know, I'd like to know, are you, especially if the age gap is big with you, potentially the person going to be managing them, how does it make you feel? Because we are hearing these messages from people saying, well, look, I, I'm looking for a job. I can't find one. And I think I'd like to hear what it's like on the other side of that equation, on the side of the person doing the hiring, receiving these applications and going, oh, I don't know. Or I guess I'm asking you to imagine a little bit. So yeah, since we're talking about unretirement today, um, let us know. Have you received a CV from somebody who is of retirement age or significantly older? How do you receive that CV? You know, do you look at it? Is there bias? I guess is what I'm asking. Um, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, Zokifli says I'm sixty five with thirty nine years of banking experience. Right after my retirement, I set up my own company as a training solution provider in my subject matter expert, um, international trade finance and foreign exchange policy. I'm happy to work as my work is my hobby. Yeah, hobbies are very interesting words. Are you trying to say that uh, you don't need it? Uh, you don't need the income that's coming from your own company. Uh, that you do it just for a sense of purpose, um, or or am I misunderstanding what you you mean when you say that? Uh, well, I think the other part of it that I find interesting is that this is, let's see, you're a training solution provider. In other words, you. Am, am I, is it fair for me to say that you're working as a trainer, a consultant, um, which, by the way, is a position that most people are asking for senior citizens to be employed in? Actually, that's a strong threat coming through, making use of knowledge. Uh, for example, we have this from Eric, who says, in my opinion, those from, uh, you know, retirees can be part of of the workforce as lecturers because you grow wiser as you get older. We need them to teach youngsters to see more holistically. I was also trained by one of my senior managers who's retired and made me grow to who I am today. Uh, I'm millennial, Eric says. Yeah, Eric, you know, I'm stroking my white beard, I say, yes, wisdom is, well, okay, to be honest, not all of us grow old and wise. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, some are never really mature. So the Why age... did you lose confidence to land <laughs> yeah, your wisdom I, joke? I, I just, <laughs> because I, I think that this is too serious in our uh, discussion to kind of go all silly about it. I, I just think that somehow it's about the individual. And so, so when I... The other side of it was the government recognizes the problem. Uh, I think we in the white-collar segment of uh, society are much luckier because there are skills that we can parlay right up to the point in which we are, you know, reach decrepitude or something, right? The physical or mental health issues uh, catch up with us. But there's a huge segment of society where that isn't possible. And I, I wonder if a lifetime of hard work just ruins your body. What do you do when you hit 65? Well, the other thing is that for people who fall into that category of worker that you're talking about, very often they also don't have social safety nets because they fall into sometimes informal work. Uh, sometimes you don't earn enough uh, for your EPF to be meaningful. Like, like there are all sorts of reasons why people who work physically demanding jobs who then find themselves unable to actually do the thing they know how to do when they're older because their bodies can't take it anymore. There's actually lots of reasons why they in particular might be more financially affected. Yeah. But coming back to the point Eric was making about wisdom and where you can sure. work, I think you're absolutely right because there is some a sense that the um, that the genius of our species really goes back to the fact that we have three generations and now, of course, four generations potentially. Um, that whatever the way it's delivered and how difficult it might be to translate across generations is, is, in, is in fact a form of wisdom. 
A couple of people talking about staying relevant. Um, Avon says, we shouldn't deny that there's an inevitable bias against senior citizens in the workforce. I think we should continue to keep ourselves trained and up to date with knowledge so we can continue to contribute to businesses and employers would then be open in providing opportunities. They bring, they bring priceless experience. They will be very valuable. Watch the intern. Yeah, I have. have you seen the yeah, intern? I have. Yeah. But you know, I must say... I, is there anybody out there angry that they can't retire comfortably that, you know, that they're being forced to by economic pressures or the lack of uh, government support to continue working? Uh, there must be some people who are resentful. There are riots in the streets in, in France because the government there wants them to work longer. So I so think that has to do with culture. Yeah, I think that that has so much to do with work culture because French work culture is famous and infamous <laughs> around the world, um, and it's and it's very different. Um, the the fact that they have such a strong socialist, uh, you know, leaning throughout their politics, throughout their history, all of that shapes the way French people view work and summer and pension and and all the rest of it. I I, I think it's um a dream, but. When I look at it and then I look at Malaysia and how we approach work, it's very different. I think we are closer to the, um, we're closer to, we were told for so long to look east. And I think we're closer to that kind of model than we are to the French. Yeah, but there's also a lack of compassion in the eastern idea, right? I, I remember Lee Kuan Yew once proudly saying that, you know, Singaporean all people in Singapore worked, you know, um, uh, into their into their you know old age, and you know there were a lot of older people working at McDonald's, for instance. But, that's you know, an example. Yeah, through. and the people come, will point out that to him that in fact that's because they don't have support that they're forced to work in in these low wage jobs. How fair and compassionate a society are we if older people have to struggle in their old age? That, I think, is an issue. Naga says, in many countries all over the world, retirement age is being extended. Besides financial reasons, re-employment brings along with it health benefits, provided there are no health issues to start with. These senior citizens have vast experience, the correct attitude and work ethics to set an example to the younger generation. Being technologically inept, not anymore now. They're all catching up. Outdated Methods, you know, as a reason doesn't hold water either. Yeah, so some older people can uh, are less technologically inept than others. Uh, they're not digital natives. That's just not the world in which they were born into, but they can learn. Not all of them, though. I, and I and might say, you know, I struggle with some, you know, the, it's not just technology, it's the pace of change of technology. You're constantly running on the spot with technology, and that might be a challenge, right? So, uh, and there might be a reluctance on the part of older people to constantly have to run on the spot. It gets tiring. I mean, living long is tiring. Don't sound like oh, I'm goodness. confessing too much. No, oh, uh, actually, Naga, I wanted to say something in relation to this because I think it relates back to Catherine's point. Uh, Catherine, if you missed it, called earlier uh, talking about, I believe it was a 68-year-old person returning to a leadership position in the company and doing really, really well but having to make a lot of adjustments in the name of that. And I, I hear you that senior citizens may be technologically inept, may be able to keep up with technology. I would say uh, gently that I don't think that necessarily has to be part of the talent offering. I mean, if it's important for your job, then sure and great that you've kept up to date. But I think in many instances, part and parcel of if we are set in this reintegration of older people into the workforce, part and parcel of it is having the right conversations. It's the same as with anyone else. How do you want to use them? You know, is is having someone, giving them a month to learn Outlook. Like, is that really the best use of someone's time? Outlook the browser? Outlook the email. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. From, yes. Okay. Well... <laughs> <laughs> displaying my 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 lack of competence. In no, this. no, but I'm just saying that you don't necessarily need that, that there are other ways you could be using. Younger people are staring at me. Yeah, they are, actually. I, I'm sorry. I, I was looking right at you when that happened and it was But okay, you, your point is this, right? That, um, yes, and to relieve the older person of that d demand to keep up technolog technologically, but to say you have those other talents and that's what we need. Well, I think that happens on an enterprise level, on an individual basis, right? So uh, keep those thoughts coming. We are asking you, how do you feel about this trend of um, older people returning to the workforce? Um, is it something you've noticed? Are you set up for retirement? 
how do you feel if you see an oldest uh, an older person's CV crossing your desk? That was the other point. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, tweet us at BFM Radio BFM eighty nine point nine. Be financially minded. BFM eighty nine point nine. It is 7.21 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. We're talking today about unretirement. In other words, older folks uh, returning to work because they have to, because of financial commitments. Um, is this something you've seen? Whatever your age, are you set up to retire? And how do you feel um, if you're in the position of offering jobs and somebody's CV comes across your desk and they're much older? Is there a bias? Is there? Is it a good thing, bad thing? Let us know. Uh, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, and tweet us at BFM Radio. So that CV thing has been uh, picked up, and a few people uh, are mentioning. So Jason says, "I've been in talent acquisition since I started my employment journey in the technical field. Uh, skills really are of the essence. Therefore, we don't have the luxury to choose if the person is young, old, diverse, what's <laughs> diverse or whatsoever. At least when I see a relevant skill set, that's the job required." immediate shortlist. Most often, CVs that come in, including retirees, fresh or experienced, don't highlight their skills. Instead, they copy and paste job descriptions from previous employment and use it. That is entirely a different conversation. But another thing about retirees wanting to re-enter the workforce is that they look for senior roles. More often than not, senior roles in companies are filled internally, unless for a very select few with good connections. Yeah, you know this. Uh, they are this uh, these job ads. Right, young, energetic. Ageism is alive and well. I mean, it's one of those dis- forms of discrimination that's actually not recognised in uh, I think around the world. Yeah, and, and then you come, then you say, well, can you blame the company? Why wouldn't they want to invest in somebody who's forty and has twenty years more? of energy to give. Yip Kok says, I'm a headhunter. Malaysia is one of the most discriminatory societies in the world. Racial, gender, definitely age bias, even medical biasness. Uh, and I assume that that's uh, specifically in the context of employment. Pei Yi says, um, about older CVs coming across the desk of hiring managers, I used to be a headhunter and there is a perception that for more senior hires, the budget or pay expectation goes up. There's actually something, you know, called being overqualified and hence some employers are reluctant to hire. And some organizations Organizations may feel unfair if they can't offer more to highly knowledgeable people. Yeah. So then, where does the adjustment have to be made? Should older people, re- for you know, being forced, whatever, or wanting to go back into work, should we say, okay, I'm going to accept a lower pay because what's more important to me at this point in my life? Is it the job, or is it a recognition of my past achievements? So. I think that's a very tough one, partly because being um, an entry-level person sometimes also means doing tasks that no one else likes to do. And so if you have blitzed past that phase in your career like 40 years ago, you know, you haven't filled out some inane thing, you know, that you haven't had to do that somebody at an entry-level position has to do. And now you're finding yourself doing it because, well, no one else would hire you. I, I just think it's it's an adjustment that it sounds like it's, it's an ego thing, but I think it actually can be much more than that. Uh, we've also got a voice note that has come in uh, from Saiful Ikram. In my humble opinion, basically what I see is right now, the one who's not going to be retired is the Gen X. Generation X is the not, it look going to be a reluctant retire, <laughs> retiree. Because for Generation X, all the technology that we are having right now evolved because of the Generation X. They, they are the one who make it. I'm sorry, proud to say that because I'm a Generation X. So I'm already come out to my 50s, but I feel that I'm already up to date with all the young guys. Even sometimes, sometime, I believe the Generation X have much more technological inclined compared to the millennial. Saiful, thank you for that. Um, I Look, I think that this show goes to show you how it differs person to person. I also think with millennials in particular, some people have turned on technology a little bit. Um, and that's a whole other conversation. But I hear you. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm clearly demonstrating that that segment of the Gen X uh, that doesn't know the difference between an email thingy and okay. a browser. No, look, you say this, right? But we are conducting the show right now. You're working off of your laptop. Um, you know, th- there are all sorts of ways in which you are perfectly in line with the technological needs of your current position. 
not knowing specifics is a different thing, but but you know the skill set is is fine. Yeah. So I, so coming back to the question of where you enter. So if you take a lower salary, you could still have meaningful work, right? So you lower salary salary doesn't mean that you go back to where you started off in the in the in the in the business. And for a company that hires you, why would they do that? They they want to use your um, experience. But they just can't afford to pay you at the level that you were once paid, right? Perhaps so. Um, we have a few. We have actually a variety of points that I'd like to get through before the show ends. Um, Han says it will be hard to cover the elderly employers' medical employees' medical claim. James says older retired people, even with their experiences, have more health issues than younger people. They might be more on medical leave. They can't be an asset. I would rather employ a younger person in their forties who has the experience, and then I pay more for them. Yeah, and, and that's a reality. I mean, mm-hmm. health is not that young people don't get sick or don't have their problems, but uh, it just by just statistically, older people will probably be more susceptible to um, medical issues. A couple of people also making this a more meta, uh, larger scale problem. Predith says, I feel our leaders are not encouraging us to save for our retirement by constantly pressuring the government to allow us to take out our EPF without really giving a constructive suggestion on how we're going to deal with the future where we have a larger elderly population. So that's Predith. Meanwhile, we also have Husni who says, I think with increasing life expectancy, it's good to provide retirees with alternatives to work uh, to still earn income because a lot of retirees tend to deteriorate health-wise when they suddenly stop working. Not having physical activity is the main culprit. Having said that, it's not good to allow, quote-unquote, seniors to hold on to their position beyond a certain retirement age. They should retire and relinquish their position to the younger generation. This applies mainly to government bodies, political parties, and other working places like GLCs, where seniority trumps merit. This has become an obstacle for our country. Yeah, two points that you made, but I would just address the first one about um, not enough physical activity. I think it's not that, you know, I think it's a sense of purpose. Purpose, right. That is really what drives people into ill health. It's, I think it's that um, it's also a loss of routine, that there's any number of things that really feed into this. Um, meanwhile, Aslan says, I'm all in favour of the option for senior people to return to the workforce willingly, but not because they're forced to do forced because of not having enough money, because of the country's cost of living. That's terrible. Ultimately, it should be a choice because I believe retired age does not stop them contributing to innovation, ideas and even inspiration. I think the question uh, about the CV stumped me and made me feel funny, admittedly. Objective if I received an older person's resume, it would be about skill and whether it would benefit my department. Obviously, they are subject to our employment contract terms and they'd have to take it. Yeah. So, again, we check our own privilege or check our own prejudices. There's a lot of prejudice against older people. And I mean, rightly or wrongly, but the point is, if it stops you from picking the right candidate, then you have a problem. Keep those thoughts coming. We do continue to read them. We're asking you, how do you feel about this trend of senior citizens unretiring? You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp and tweet us. You're listening to Inside Story, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.